Welcome to CBuzz, Columbus's first business-focused podcast presented by the Columbus Chamber. CBuzz is sponsored by AWH, builders of exceptional digital products for both the web and mobile devices that drive businesses for select growth companies, and also Fifth Third Bank, which provides personalized solutions for your business goals. Hello, I am Dan Swartout, your host for CBuzz. Thank you for joining us. CBuzz is presented by the Columbus Chamber in collaboration with CD1025 and the Columbus Dispatch. This is the show where we bring you the best stories from Columbus business owners. And today we're talking with Zach Weprin, the co-founder of the hot, hot, hot restaurant Fusion. We're super excited to have you here with us, Zach. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Before we get going, um, could you tell us all, for those who may not be familiar, although I know it's such a hot concept right now, especially here in central Ohio and throughout Ohio, could you tell us a little bit about Fusion, what it is, and what your restaurant kind of specializes in? Um, Fusion is a, uh, an, a concept that uh, we actually started about six and a half years ago. Uh-huh. Um, the goal was to create this sushi experience that we wanted that we couldn't find anywhere. And um, that was it. It's a, it's a you know, fast, casual, build your own experience. You walk down a line, pick and choose your ingredients. Seaweed or soy, white rice or brown rice. You can choose from a couple different proteins. We make it right in front of you with your eyes. 10-piece maki rolls, you pay at a point of sale, and you're done. So it's high-quality, uh, affordable, convenient, and a kind of a cool, fun, very sexy, casual <laughs> sushi experience. Yeah, it is. It has been growing tremendously. You said six and a half years, and in that time, you've gone from one location in Cincinnati to how many locations? So we have 10 locations now. Wow. Um, we have four in Columbus. Mm-hmm. We have four in Cincinnati. We have two in Dayton. Um, we have several in the pipeline with more, and uh, we're going to Toledo next year and Cleveland. Um, we have more coming in Cincinnati as well as in Dayton. So it's um, we opened up our office here at Harrison West about in January, um, and uh, we're off to the races. It's it's working as we like to say, and it's growing organically and. Um, we're having a lot of fun doing it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> the corporate office is here in Columbus. The initial restaurant was opened in Cincinnati, correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, we opened our first one in downtown Cincinnati. Our second one was on Brown Street in Dayton, where we're from. Um, we grew up in Oakwood. And then our third one was here on campus in Columbus. I've lived in Columbus at least 10 years of my life at this point. I went to school here. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I knew what, what Columbus was all about. I've spent many years here. And um, I always loved it. I always knew it would be a great home for, for, for Fusion and that we would be able to kind of build this community and really develop this experience to ultimately kind of build this foundation off of to skyrocket as we enter you know new markets and eventually leave the state of Ohio and create this experience in communities all over the country. Now you mean leave the state of Ohio, you mean new restaurants you're not leaving no, Ohio. no 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 we're 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 continually <laughs> investing more and more into ohio um yeah it's no i mean it's um we're this found like we're we're developing this the foundation and really becoming you know best in class at what we do and the experience that we're trying to create which will give us a a, a stronger foundation to ultimately take more risk as we enter new markets outside of Ohio, but we're not leaving Ohio, (laughs) not even, not a chance. We're heavily invested here. (laughs) You have such a fascinating story because your background is not a restaurant background. You weren't a chef. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit about where you started, where you came from, what you went to school to do, and what you did after school? I mean, just the lead up to opening Fusion, because 
a lot of times when you have people opening a restaurant, it's like, well, I, I went to culinary school or I worked my way up through restaurants and then started my own. But your story is different. Yes. Um, grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My father owned his own business for 30 years and he was a mentor to, to my best friend from growing up, Steve, who's my co-founder as well as my brother. And um, after college, I moved to Aspen actually. Um, with no Steve. kidding. Yeah. That's Stephen Harmon, correct? Yeah. With Steve Harmon, as well as a couple of friends from Ohio State where we took um, some jobs as bellmen at a hotel at a base of the mountain in Aspen. Our goal was to snowboard and ski for 100 days one year and live the kind of ski bum lifestyle um, where we were taking care of very wealthy people. I mean, we were bellmen. We'd pick you up at the airport. We'd push your bell cart. We'd carry your groceries. Pretty much anything that the guests needed, we would do. Um, Anyone really well known that you took care of? Um, we did have a couple, uh, we had a couple nights out with Braylon Edwards when he was in town. And no he was, kidding. Yeah, we had, uh, he actually had to buy me uh, a couple shots of Patron because I beat him in, uh, <laughs> I beat him in pool at one of the local bars and it was fun talking, you know, talking Football, crap back and forth sure. about Ohio State versus Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, was, that's great. We had a good time in Aspen and it really kind of opened up our eyes in terms of travel and lifestyle. And, um, when we were there, we actually started this. Uh, brand we called it the Snow Soul, um, the Snow Soul Crew, which was more or less a lifestyle component, a, a brand of we weren't selling anything, we made stickers, but the idea of kind of creating this this culture and lifestyle, um, which we ultimately instilled, you know, is is the foundation of what the culture at Fusion is, and you know, our number five values live it, and a lot of that comes it comes from that the idea of kind of working hard, playing hard, and really creating balance in your life, and 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 you know, following your, all kinds of stuff, but yes. So you went to school for uh, business. Yeah. Not, to, not to school for sushi. No, no. I, uh, I studied finance here at Ohio State uh -huh. at Fisher. Um, and Steve studied entrepreneurship in Dayton. Josh studied it. It was a, and that's your brother, to, Josh. Yeah. He went to school here at Ohio State as well. Um, we're all business guys. So uh, no, uh, when we opened our doors, uh, we were scared shitless. We had, uh, we were 24 years old, uh, never worked in a restaurant. <laughs> Um, but that was, an, I think in many ways that, that was a benefit for us. I mean, it, it was a blessing in disguise and the fact that we've, we're students of, of everybody around us. So, you know, we were doing everything we can to learn as many things as we possibly could about the business to create an experience as, as consumers more so than chef driven. So we were able to make changes, you know, t we're, we've been making changes since day one in order to create a better experience for the guests. And, um, we were able to keep our egos out of it and really just continually adapt the brand and the concept to make it work. You're, tw um, you're 24. You have a finance background, no cooking background, <laughs> you, your brother, Steve, why a restaurant? What I mean, you must have. That's that's such an interesting leap. Have you ever eaten sushi before? Yes. I mean, it's delicious, right? Sushi is delicious. <laughs> we uh, at the time, what we ended up in Cincinnati because there was no sushi in downtown Cincinnati. My brother was in real estate, and let's we're like, why don't we? open up a sushi restaurant in downtown Cincinnati. Were you a sushi fan? We used to eat a lot of sushi, but we were poor college kids slash bellmen. We couldn't afford it. So we were, we were we, there was a really nice restaurant called Kenichi in Aspen that we were eating at, but we were, it was, it would often be free because we'd send all our guests there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Your lifestyle yeah. brand strikes again. Yeah, right. Um, but we wanted to bridge the gap between this fine dining, high end, you know, Kenichi, Nobu experience, and then grocery store and create this experience in the middle that's super casual. Um, but really delicious and affordable so we could eat sushi as often as we wanted and eat a healthy product that, you know, we were eating at places like Chipotle or Popeyes or whatever, but there was no way to eat sushi that way. And we thought that a lot of other people would want that as well. Um, 
and it, clearly it's working. So it's that's what we've been doing ever since. We opened our first restaurant, um, and that was more or less our test kitchen. Uh huh. So we learned how to run the business by being in operation and actually doing business. Um, and we kind of opened up in this dilapidated or um, in this very rundown mall on Fourth Street in downtown Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, no design element to it. Nothing like what you see in the restaurants that we're building today. But we learned how to sell the product. We learned how to create the product. And that was the goal from day one. It was just to create a product that we wanted and that people wanted. And then the line started to grow. And we started to have these lunch rushes in downtown Cincinnati yeah. that were wild. I mean, we would see <laughs> packs of girls coming in, you know three times a week and they would all come in together and they'd love, they'd get the same thing and they'd come in three times, you know, three days in a row. We're like, we're on to something. You're on to something. Yeah. And it's been, you know, ever since that, you know, those first couple of months we're like, this is working and this could be really big. So we've been acting and trying to think as if we're this large company. Meanwhile, we have no money in the bank and we're, you know, we're just, we just have these big dreams. So we had this vision of this brand and this, this, this experience that we wanted to create, but we were, you know, we've been trying to convince one person at a time forever um, to really understand it. And slowly and organically that pendulum has changed where people see it now and they understand what we're doing. And they're like, this is going to be great. And it's going to be great everywhere. How did you, and your partners go about the process of creating such delicious sushi. That to me, it's just fascinating. You guys jump right into this and you guys are huge successes from in just six and a half years from one store to 10, tremendous word of mouth, growing, continuing to grow. But that initial thought of sushi restaurant has to be translated into making delicious sushi. And how did you guys do that? Well, we had a guy at the beginning uh, very early on that helped us kind of understand the basics of sushi, but he uh, didn't want to work and he wasn't that great of a businessman. So we actually got rid of him pretty quickly. We hired Nick. Um, Nick was our, uh, he showed up our second week of business. We almost went out of, uh, out of business our first couple weeks. Because, really? Yeah, we couldn't figure out how to make the rice right. The rice, we were serving steaming hot rice and every every single person that came those first couple weeks never came back. Um, you know, you only have one shot to really make an impression. Right. And if you, if you, you fail the first time, you're not, nobody's coming back. Um, luckily we, we made a few changes and bought some equipment that helped us kind of streamline that process to make this, the rice consistently. And then Nick showed up and Nick's been with us, um, ever since that, that first morning when he showed up on a Saturday, when we walked into the restaurant and the, we left the freezer open the night before and this, and this equipment was being delivered, none of which we knew how to, we didn't really know how to handle all the, 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 the product that was left in the freezer. And he started, he pulled out his thermometer started taking temperatures and he started throwing things away i'm like no like that's we don't have any like it was it was that's our capital and we had no money yeah we like he threw away 150 dollars worth of masago and it was i was like i don't we need to buy more like we didn't have any money so it was um you know and, and we never let him go home he came from michigan he was just graduating from culinary school and um we bought him an air mattress and he moved down into steve and i's apartment floor um where he had an air mattress and slept there for about eight months um where we worked open to close every single day really kind of developed this experience um and he uh he's actually He's still with us. He's about to have a baby in the next week. He got um, or a week or two. Congratulations, Nick! I know it's yeah. We love you, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) So you you find Nick, who's kind of like the guy that gets the sets the kitchen straight. You start noticing these lunch rushes. You're noticing that this is starting to become a tremendous success. How long between opening restaurant number one to restaurant number two? 
Um, we opened restaurant number one, May 25th, 2010. Uh, we opened the second one in October of 2011. Okay. So it took us about a year and a half to get the next one open. Um, that was our first branded out fusion experience where it looks like there was a lot more purpose behind the design and the actual experience as opposed to what it was in downtown. Less, less like a pop-up, more like yes. what people know fusion as today. Yeah, yes. Um, still... You know, we still spend about half the amount of money on that location as we do today. Um, you know, we didn't realize it would be as busy as it was, and we try to build the restaurants now where you can drive a truck through them, meaning um, a lot of traffic goes through those each and every day, so we spend more up front in order to make it last longer. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, um, that that's, that next location was game-changing for us. Yeah. And it's, you know, each one has led to the next one, and um, we've, we've learned you know, a hundred things from the the last one to make improvements on the next one. And it's, um, yeah, it was, uh, we're, we're very thankful for that Brown Street store and, and just the Dayton community because that's where we're from and right. it's been a huge success there. To be a success in your own hometown in the Gem City, that's got to be very gratifying. <sighs> very gratifying. Yeah, it's the, I love Dayton. Right on. <laughs> we're building a third store in Dayton right now. Oh, actually. that's awesome. Yeah. All our Dayton listeners are going through the roof right now hearing about that. <laughs> You mentioned brand identity, and you guys have such a well-known brand identity now. Have there ever been any missteps along the way as you've expanded from one restaurant to 10 where you've done something that after a little bit you kind of step back and said, this really isn't part of our identity and we need to change that? Um, you know, we try, we're willing to try everything. Sure. Um, you know, we, we, you know, there's a couple things that, you know, selling sushi is not easy. Okay. That's no. kind of the hardest part about what we're doing is, is we're creating this segment in this market that doesn't exist. So there's, it's not like we're just selling a pizza or pasta or a sandwich where you're just competing against other people that are selling similar products. We're really trying to educate the, the market on what our product is and, mm -hmm. and serving it in a way that's never been done before. Um, you know, we've learned a bunch of different things, but sometimes we've ended up backing our way into something that became revolutionary for us. You know, we were trying to figure out a way to sell more catering and wholesale, mm -hmm. um, which led to us developing our sushi in schools program. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, it's been, uh, um, we approached our high school um, in Dayton, Oakwood, um, several years That's ago. That's where you went to high school? Yeah, and we talked to them, uh, you know, uh, one of our, our, our core values is to um, make it meaningful and develop, you know, relationships with the community. And as long as, you know, business is win-win, you have, you don't do business unless both parties are winning and, and growing and, and benefiting on both sides of the deal. So we approached our high school about potentially getting sushi in part in into the cafeteria, educating right. the kids on what sushi is, teaching them about it, um, you know, to meeting all the new FDA regulations that Michelle Obama's put in and everything and doing everything we can just to get our product in front of people and say, this is healthy, this is good for you, um, you know, maybe we can develop this relationship and it's working. And, um, so we started serving sushi in the, in the high school cafeteria, right. Educated the kids on what the product is. They go home, tell mom and dad about it, it builds community. They're eating healthy. They come into the restaurant. So we get to get our name out there. Um, and that's led from one relationship to the next. So now we're in 45 different high school cafeterias. No kidding. Yeah. We have an incredible relationship with Cincinnati public schools, which has grown to many more. Teresa, who's our vice president of the company who, um, you know, she was just speaking at the Whole Grains Council in Chicago this week, talking about the program. Um, it's really, it's really something that's. It's been. We've invested a lot in it. We've developed some. We've worked with the Department of Agriculture to develop this wholesale license. It's, and it's, it's really, you know, positive and it's win-win. And we're, you know, growing the business because of it. I think a lot of entrepreneurs. You talk about growing your business. A lot of entrepreneurs are interested 
in growth, obviously. Taking their one location, making it multiple locations, expanding. Obviously, as you go from one restaurant to 10 restaurants, you've got to encounter some supply chain differences. When you had one restaurant, perhaps sourcing your product was easier than 10. How did you manage sourcing your product, your supply chain, as you continued to grow at such a rapid rate? Um, that's a, that's a pretty good question. Growing is very difficult. Um, you know, we're actually pretty fortunate where the the our supply chain has actually been pretty consistent. Uh-huh. Um, we use about nine different suppliers. Right. Um, so we don't just use one, um, which a lot of people try to convince us to consolidate them into one. Um, whereas, you what know, happens if that with that one? If the, if you're only on one, and what happens with that one if something happens? Uh, that well, means that you've got multiple places you can go, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. It, there's also um, yes and no. You know, there's it depends on what we're purchasing. Uh-huh. So because of the fact that we're selling sushi, we're actually buying products from all over the world. Right. So we buy some local stuff, whether it's you know our veggies if we can get it local based on some local produce suppliers and whatnot. But then we're also using three main Japanese suppliers that have distribution facilities across the country that are importing all these products and different products. So not every Japanese supplier that we're using can carry all the products that we need. So that's why we use them all. Um, you know, our tuna is coming from True World. I which get is, ya. Yeah. So we're able to leverage each each supplier um, that are bringing in different products from different parts of the world that ultimately create what you see in our restaurants so it's they're coming in from all over and um then we're piecing we're picking and choosing which ones that we like that we believe um is good for us and then and then we serve them so we develop very strong relationships and partnerships with them and as we grow we we grow together the fast casual segment that you guys are kind of a part of probably became popularized a little bit with your chipotles your panera you guys kind of got in before it got really, really hot. I mean, did you have that kind of foresight to see that this was a trend that was going to grow? Because you've seen from a Chipotle and a Panera, you've seen a whole bunch, and you guys have obviously succeeded very well in that segment. Was it just kind of luck, or was it a whole lot of foresight and kind of studying the market? Oh, we've been studying the market. I mean, we, we travel a lot. Um, we, we understand what the best brands are out there that are doing. I mean, we're inspired by everybody around us, whether it's other restaurant companies or it's Chipotle or Panera or Jenny's or, you know, we're inspired by Apple. We're inspired by Lululemon. We're inspired by, you know, the difference between Patagonia and North Face and understanding how these businesses ultimately fit into the market and how they grow their business and what they stand for and why they do business. You know, we read books like Conscious Capitalism by, you know, from the Whole Foods guys, uh-huh. understanding the why behind. Um, so as I think the shift in business has evolved over the last, you know, 10, 15 years for millennials and just kind of understanding the why behind it and, and, and having more purpose to what you stand for as a brand um, is how we're kind of developing our business. But when we first started, I mean, I started reading S1 filings for public companies sure. to, to try to mold our our, 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 you know, our P&L to make it so it was a profitable business. That was the first goal. It's just to make it profitable. You know, our food cost was, you know, 60% when we first started. We're wow. Like, this is a problem. That is a So we had to adjust it and we adjust prices and we continue to adjust the product and to serve a high quality product and then adjust the price accordingly um, to, to, to create, you know, a, a significant amount of value. Your business is now at 10 Obviously, every big 
restaurant chain starts with one at some place. How big do you envision Fusion eventually becoming, and how do you expect your company to adapt and change to allow that growth to happen? Um, I think it goes back to our values and kind of what our mission and vision are in terms of, um, you know, we have no doubt that that we believe that Fusion will be a great member of communities across the entire country. Right. And we're very excited to be a part of those. Um, and, you know, we get anxious, we're excited to grow, but we also have to make it so we can grow sustainably mm-hmm. and, and really, you know, we can't grow any faster than we can build our team. You know, we're not building, we're not franchising. So we're building our team organically from the ground up. So every one of our operating partners in each one of our locations started as a crew member and we've developed them through what we refer to as Fusion University. Um, and we've, you know, developed career paths for, for young people. So we look for people that have like-minded values. You know, our, va- our number one values do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So if we find people, we don't require experience to be a part of our team. What we require is good people that have values that stand for something that have interests, whether it's, you know, being a bellman and, you know, one of our team members from Hyde Park in Cincinnati was, has, you know, she ended up leaving and we helped her get a job at the hotel that we worked at no in kidding. Colorado. Yeah. Way back with the crew. Yeah, so it's it's more about about bringing on partners as we grow that understand why we do what we do, and we're not going to be just trying to open you know x amount of stores every single year. It's more about as the opportunities open up and as our team is ready, we'll keep driving the bus forward. So we we you know it's it's kind of like the idea of where Patagonia chose to grow fifteen twenty percent a year as opposed to fifty to sixty percent a year, um, but. But as long as we're driving forward and, you know, everybody's aligned, that's the foundation is where you can keep driving the bus forward. So it's aligning everybody on our mission um, and aligning everybody on our values to to keep moving in the right direction. When you've got a mission, you've got values, you've got a culture like Fusion does. You have to get that message out to the consumers. Obviously, marketing is a big part of what you do to get that message out. How have you guys utilized marketing to grow, and and how do you find it unique, especially to your business, as far as getting that message and that culture and those values out there? We're always trying to do it better. Um, It's interesting. Over the last six months, we've actually been challenged by our team to really kind of sit down and get in a room together and really kind of develop and, and really kind of put it more on down on paper. I mean, when we first started, you know, our, you know, our values were decision-making tools for us, but they were more intuitive for us. They were like, you know, how we were living our lives. But once you write them down and you put them on paper and you show them to people and you talk about them every single day, it starts to build that culture and a, a culture of accountability and really um, allows everybody to kind of be held accountable for how they interact. But we've been challenged by our team over the last couple months. So we're actually you know, working on that right now, actually. We have a letter going out here shortly in the next week or so about explaining what our mission is, you know. Our mission is to connect people through through collaboration, culture, and cuisine. And as we've grown, you know, we've, you know, the mission and vision, you know, they, they can change every, you know, every once in a while. Sure. But, but aligning everybody and getting everybody to say the same thing is, you know, is, it's a lot more difficult than it was when we first started. We didn't understand a lot of this stuff. When we first started, we were just trying to, you know, get people to, we were selling sushi. Whereas now it's, we're talking about leadership and we're right, talking about right. values and we're talking about, you know, E plus R equals O and kind of how, you know, developing leadership and what that all means and how do you develop people? Um, yes. Uh, e plus R equals O, explain that. Yeah, that's, um, 
I, I, I'm, I'm obviously a Buckeye, so it's, you know, it's some leadership training that, you know, Urban Myers brought into the Buckeyes, uh-huh. and, you know, it's about an event occurs, uh, then you have a reaction, and then there's an outcome, and really the only thing that you can control is your reaction. So mm-hmm. things happen each and every day to all of us that we can't control. We have an ability to react to that, and then there's an outcome. So, you know, we're we're, you know, us and me, Josh and Steve, as as, as owners, we're really digging into that in terms of how do we become the best leaders that we can? Because, you know, the the you know it's you got to build a team of great people, and everybody's got to be on the same team, and. Um, you know, the best teams always win. So is, you know, how you react to certain things will ultimately decide on, you know, how your culture evolves. And, you know, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit I've some, I'm, a, I'm an irritable guy sometimes, and I've been trying to cool down a little bit. And I've been trying to react differently and how I, you know, I'm noticing changes in myself as I'm pushing myself to get better emotionally as, you know, personally and professionally, you know, we, we preach it to our team each and every day about personal development, professional development and goal setting and all that. So it's, you know, there's no, just because we're the owners doesn't mean that we're not pushing ourselves to, to right. become better at everything in our lives as well. And that's, that's the goal. And, and by growing, it's like, it's, it's just, it's amazing how much, you know, by just discussing these things and talking about things, these things, it's, it's not, you know, our, our vehicle is the sushi and that's what is what we get to eat and sell and, and serve you as the guest and the customer. But, you know, it's the stuff that's happening behind the scenes, this kind of stuff that really is what drives the business forward. Um, we didn't know all this at the beginning, so we're learning. We're surrounding ourselves around great people and entrepreneurs here in Columbus that sure. are helping us become better. Um, it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> you guys are young guys. I mean, you started in your you know mid twenties, and here you are on top of ten restaurants that continues to grow. Do you guys ever just sit back and like? to take a moment just to kind of let it all sink in where you started and where you're at now? We do. Um, we probably need to do it more. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, we talk about it all the time, maintaining balance. But, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, we travel a lot. Um, you know, it, it, our lives end up kind of molding this kind of personal and professional together. And it's it's very difficult to um, kind of differentiate between the two. But, um, yeah, I mean, we sit back and we – and. You know, I was I was in Grandview restaurant last night for dinner and you know, I was there for almost two hours and I was just watching the line and I was like, This is like it's still it's still mesmerizing for me just to watch the people come and it's so exciting and but it's also humbling and it's really like you know, it's I it's just really exciting to continue to make that to grow it even more and, and create that experience for more people and you know, it's it's um but yeah, I mean we have so much fun doing what we're doing that, you know, there's so much passion there that it really um, yeah, we sit back and we have fun and we, you know, go, go back to Colorado and go skiing and, <laughs> and, 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 and preach our, you know, number five value and live it. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 we're, we're having a good time. Zach Weprin Fusion, thank you so much for joining us. This has truly been uh, a very, very great conversation. A lot of great talk about building a business quickly. A lot of talk about a you know, maintaining your brand, building your brand. It has really been enlightening, and I think our listeners are going to take a lot away from this conversation. So thank you so much for joining us today, Zach. Thanks for having me.
If you love our show, which I know you do, let us know by dropping your ratings and reviews on iTunes. Five stars, of course, that helps people find our show. We've been reading your feedback and value your insights and ideas for future shows. Before we sign off today, I want to recognize our CBuzz partners, including Rev1 Ventures, helping entrepreneurs build products that people want, and our media partners, the Columbus Dispatch and CD1025. Thank you for your support. CBuzz is produced by the Columbus Chamber with engineering support provided by Mark Pasternak from Jump Goat Media and our recruit and our recording studio provided by the good folks at Grooveview. I'm Dan Swartout. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.